Hello, my name's Tony Morbin. I'm the news editor at ISMG. Welcome to today's session asking, should organizations pivot from a maturity-based approach to a risk-based uh, approach to cybersecurity? I'm delighted to be joined by our subject matter expert today, Tia Hopkins, Field CTO and Chief Cyber Risk Strategist at eCentire. Tia is focused on engaging with the cybersecurity community, providing thought leadership, supporting strategic customer and partner engagements, and working closely with the sales, marketing, product, engineering, and customer success teams to drive security outcome-focused initiatives. She spent the last 20 years of her career in various IT and IT security roles, and outside of her role at eCentire, Tia is also an adjunct professor of cybersecurity at Yeshiva University, and is currently pursuing a PhD in cybersecurity leadership. She holds a BSc in information technology, MSc in information security and assurance, as well as an MSc in cybersecurity and information assurance. Among her many accolades, in 2021, Tia was recognized by IFSEC Global as a top global influencer in the cybersecurity executives category. Welcome, Tia. Thanks so much. Okay, now for those of you who are unfamiliar with uh, Information Security Media Group, we're a global media organization uh, covering education and intelligence with 30 plus international media sites in various vertical sectors. With more than 950,000 members registered to our sites, we've created an intelligence source tackling the key issues of interest to information security professionals. Before we begin a discussion, I'd just like to add a bit of scene setting for today's session. Now, cybercrime has changed significantly in the past year. The risks have grown in number and complexity. We've seen the rise in ransomware as a service, the hiring of tactical experts for specialised roles in ransomware gangs, and the use of double extortion tactics. These evolving various tactics, techniques and procedures used by cyber criminals to exploit businesses have left many, many business leaders wondering just how effective their cybersecurity programmes are. Which brings us back to our starting question. Should organisations pivot from a maturity-based approach to a risk-based approach to cybersecurity? Tia, what are your thoughts on this? That is a great question and, and one that I address a lot in, in my conversations with, with customers. And, and the reality is, you know, from the perspective of the, the broader cybersecurity program, um, the answer is it, it depends. And the reason why I say that is because organizations will have different priorities for their security program outcomes at, at different times. So for example, if, if you're um, having to demonstrate that your organization's alignment to uh, a specific compliance requirement, like you're in alignment with that or you're compliant, then you'll likely want to take a compliance-based approach. And the same is true for uh, another approach, which is, is the one that I think is, is more popular and, and more often compared to the, uh, the risk-based approach, and that's the maturity-based approach. And, and it's great in terms of being able to measure you know, when you're leveling up in terms of your capabilities and the controls that are in place uh, within your environment. Um, but where it's relevant in a security program is if you do have to demonstrate your ability to mature or demonstrate your maturity over time. So say if you have to follow CMC guidelines and things like that. Um, but within the context of this discussion, and when you're talking about identifying and reducing organizational cyber risk specifically, the risk-based approach is actually better suited because it enables organizations to prioritize their investments in security controls by really focusing on the vulnerabilities um, that exist in the most critical areas of the business. And so it also makes it more cost-effective than the maturity-based model because when you're focused on maturity, 
the goal really is to be as mature as possible in all areas of the security program. And that can become really expensive and, and also difficult to manage over time when you think about the tool sprawl uh, that can occur as a result of that. Uh, and then the last point I'll make is, is that maturing capabilities isn't necessarily synonymous with reducing risk. So just because you're maturing, like you, you may uh, stand up an internal security operation center uh, or, or a team to, uh, to manage your vulnerabilities or a team to, to manage the alerts that come out of a SIM platform or, or something like that, improving those capabilities doesn't necessarily mean that you're reducing the most critical risk in your environment. And that makes it difficult to quantify your risk. And so if you can't quantify it, then that makes it really hard to measure how you're reducing that risk over time, right? Um, and so that's where quantification and the reduction of cyber risk ties better uh, into the risk-based approach because you are prioritizing your critical vulnerabilities, uh, implementing the controls that reduce the risk that are present uh, within those critical uh, sources of value. And then you're able to demonstrate over time uh, how your program is, is improving and, and how effective it is. Okay, so if I understand correctly, what we're saying there then is uh, a maturity-based approach would be, you know, great for achieving compliance because it, it will tick all the boxes. But in the same way as compliance uh, won't necessarily give you security, uh, a risk-based approach will be focusing on the actual risks you're facing. Is that a reasonable summary? Yeah, that is a reasonable summary. Summary, yeah. Focusing on the risk-based approach does enable you to, to quantify how you're reducing your risk over over time, and, and you can't really uh, imply that uh, because you're maturing that that you're doing that. Okay, so we've accepted we want to go for a risk-based approach. How does an organization begin developing a risk-based approach? You know, there, there's a lot of assessment and analysis that that goes into making this an, an effective approach. Like you really need to understand what your critical sources of value are. And, and that's not just technology, right? It's not just going to be uh, a server that's, uh, you know, uh, housing files that, that, that may um, have your IP in it or, or things like that. It's, it's, it's technology, yes, but it's also people and it's also processes, right? There's processes that if they were interrupted, it would be detrimental to the business. So really assessing critical sources of value as it relates to people, process, and technology, and then determining what vulnerabilities exist within those critical sources uh, of value. And then you have to determine what you already have, right? To, to address those uh, vulnerabilities and then moving forward, figure out how to close the gap. But once an organization is ready to make the shift, uh, one way they can start to do that in terms of, well, you know, how do we do that and what controls do we need to put in place, uh, they can leverage the MITRE attack framework to help with that. And the MITRE attack framework is an industry framework that provides details on attacker tactics, techniques, and procedures so organizations can determine the best approach to how they're going to defend their organizations from very specific types of attacks. Um, and there's actually a MITRE attack tool on the East Entire website. And that's basically a matrix that allows organizations to map adversary tactics to the type of telemetry or coverage that would be required to detect and defend against it. So for example, if uh, the primary concern of an organization is privilege escalation, the tool would highlight to them the top attacker techniques observed um, by East Entire's Threat Response Unit, and then recommendations for coverage from an MDR perspective, of course, but that's synonymous with the sources of telemetry that would be necessary as well. So if a specific type of attack is best detected by leveraging uh, 
uh, data that would come out of a, a, an endpoint uh, detection and response platform, or maybe you need to pull in logs for it, or maybe there's some data at the network level uh, that would lend itself to, um, to detecting when a specific attack is amiss in an environment, the MITRE attack framework allows you to kind of dig into what those things are so you can prioritize where you want to place those controls in your environment. Right. So basically, you know, we, we've got the uh, MITRE attack framework providing the um, tools, tactics uh, and, and procedures. And then we've got the eCentire tool on top of that to basically optimize your use of it. Is that the way it works? Yes. Yes, correct. I, I mean, the MITRE tool is, is fantastic, but there's a lot of there's a lot of information um, in there. You know, it's got you know, groups that are associated uh, with attacks, uh, the types of software that, that are leveraged, uh, like, like I was saying, the type of telemetry that, that you want to collect. So it can be uh, a bit daunting at first. So this tool is a great way to get started and kind of like reduce it down to, okay, I'm worried about um, phishing or spear phishing. How am I able to detect that? And this tool will let you know, hey, if you have coverage in these areas, you'll, you'll be better set up to, to take care of that. Okay, so so you're there, sort of optimizing use of uh, uh, the MITRE framework. So, what are the most prevalent attack patterns that eCentire has seen using MITRE framework? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, we actually recently released a cyber risk report uh, this year, actually, and our threat response unit identified the top twelve techniques they observed. And it included things like phishing, which I don't really think is going away anytime soon, uh, but other threats like drive-by compromise, credential dumping, and, and things like that. And so our true team, which is what we call our threat response unit, they use the attack framework to deep dive on those adversary tactic techniques and procedures, and that helps them determine the best approach to, to gain the most visibility, uh, and then that enables enhanced detection and response capabilities. And so leveraging the attack framework, you know, we go out and we do this research, we're seeing these attacks, okay, what can we do about it? You then leverage the, uh, the MITRE attack framework to help you with the answer to that. What can we do about it? Uh, and then in terms of what we're seeing on the, the horizon, I think something really important to point out is that attackers are using a lot of the same technologies that we are to grow and scale their operations the same way we do. Um, so, you know, for example, ransomware is a big topic of discussion these days, and the adversaries are doing things like specializing in the various stages of ransomware. So you'll have one group that maybe specializes in initial entry. You'll have another group that specializes in establishing persistence or establishing a foothold in the environment. You'll have another ransomware group that specializes in delivering the, route, the malware. And then you'll have another group that specializes on achieving even whatever the uh, objective is as, as an outcome of introducing that ransomware into the environment. And so when you think about these, these very specialized uh, groups, that means they're going to become better and better at the things that they do, and they'll be able to develop more tactics, more techniques, more procedures. And, and the MITRE framework allows us to, to be able to stay on top of that. Um, and I think another example of that is, is that attackers are, are starting to meet users where they are. So for example, search engine optimization, right? As, as organizations, we use search engine optimization to help with where, um, help our businesses, right? Rise to the top of a, a search on the web um, when folks are out looking for the types of products and services that, that we offer. So attackers are using that uh, in a similar fashion. So say a user is looking for a PowerPoint template an attacker will leverage search engine optimization to, to, to ensure that their website that they've built will get a hit. 
and a user will download what they think is a PowerPoint template, but really it's a malicious executable. And, you know, that results in a, in a drive-by download. And that's another example of uh, where you can leverage the MITRE framework to say, hey, you know, if this were to happen in my environment, what type of telemetry should I be looking at? What type of coverage do I need to have in place to be able to detect and respond to something like that? Okay, so now we've identified a lot of these uh, threats. Uh, you mentioned response. As a leader in cybersecurity, what's your advice for organizations to stay ahead of the evolving threat landscape? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, you know, tying it back to taking the risk-based approach, it really is important to understand where the critical vulnerabilities lie in the environment, because you, you have to be able to prioritize. Otherwise, everything's going to be a priority, and that really results in nothing being a priority. So if you leverage the risk-based approach to, to identify your critical source of value, the vulnerabilities that exist against those critical sources of value, then you can prioritize your approach you can quantify how you're reducing risk in your organization and you can create a feedback loop, right? You implement a control because you think it's gonna help you against a specific attack and then you test that and you apply your learnings to continuously improve your security posture. And then that directly translates into how you're able to uh, communicate the effectiveness of the overall program. And then as part of that, you know, you may wanna get help from an MDR provider because an MDR provider is gonna sit right down at the telemetry level and, and make sense of all that data because it can become incredibly noisy, right? It can become a, a huge burden for internal security teams to sift through false positives and from the response perspective, even know what to do uh, when these alerts fire uh, in the environment. So working with an MDR provider can one, help you figure out what the best sources of telemetry are in your environment, how to tune those solutions to make sure that they're functioning uh, effectively, that they're not making too much noise, but also not so overly tuned that they're missing things. And then from a response perspective, of course, um, having a team that's able to take the appropriate action and reduce that threat actor dwell time is, is critically important as well. That's been really fascinating. Now, obviously, this is a thought leadership piece, but I think it's still appropriate. You mentioned uh, the MITRE tool. Do you want to tell us exactly where we'd find that? Sure. Um, you can go to eCentire.com and actually right uh, on the homepage, if you scroll down to the bottom, uh, you'll see the, the MITRE ATT&CK tool listed uh, amongst the links at the bottom of the page. That's great. Thank you, Tia Hopkins, for sharing your insights and expertise today. Uh, thanks to eCentire for sponsoring. I also want to thank all of our attendees for taking time out of your day to attend this session. I trust today's discussion is going to provide better understanding of whether and why organizations should pivot from a maturity-based approach to a risk-based approach to cybersecurity. And we hope to see you again at one of our upcoming events. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tony Morbin, and thank you again, Tia Hopkins.